Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. make up some time here. Luke. Let's go to the book of Luke. We're talking about people are absolutely everything, um, which is true, which is very annoying, though. Most of our problems are people problems in life. So we've got to talk about what Jesus, how Jesus wants us to look at this, what Jesus means by this, because this is his mission. This is not my idea. This is not your idea. This is not something that Esther just drew up. This is, this is who's Esther? Just a friend. Don't worry. That drew this up. That, that, that this is a God idea. This is a God idea. And so we're saying, Jesus, help us understand what this means. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. And there are some things happening in kids' rooms. Thank you for all the people who have worked and uh, just making our space just for the families. Man, our kids are the most important thing, and we just want to make kids' church awesome. And so that's happening. Thank you for jumping in and being a part of that. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. It says, when one of the Pharisees... Now, as we read this story... I just needed to itch my nose. As we read this story, um, I want you to read this story as if you were the Pharisee. A lot of times we read this story as we are this woman just worshiping at the feet of Jesus. Okay, oh, so broken. That's me. So in love with Jesus. That's me. Um, Read yourself as the Pharisee, okay? And read the woman as the person you hate in life or the person who annoys you or the person who you don't get along with. You just don't like who's not coming to your Super Bowl party today, okay? Just, just, or the person who didn't invite you to their Super Bowl party. Just insert that. Let's read this story properly. When one of the Pharisees, me, invited Jesus to have dinner with him, that's a good thing. This is a man of God, actually. He invited Jesus into his world. How cool. He went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is. That she is an annoying, gossiping sinner. Jesus answered him and said, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house, and you did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. What does being forgiven have to do with me loving you? 
What does my current status or viewpoint on forgiveness has it has to do with me have anything to do with me loving you? Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, been forgiven, loves little. Amen. I'm kind of going through this again. If you guys are looking for a book, Love Does kind of talks about um, what we are, are striving and believing God to do in our church and this community. So anyways, get caught up in love. It is the gospel. Um, the hippies stole it from Jesus. Jesus was the original hippie. Jesus was the original love guru, and he is love. And so um, that just trumps everything. You know, everyone's, I have love, I have hippies, I have love, the Buddhists have love, Jesus is like, I am love. <laughs> Whoo, whole nother level, and we are always going to another level. We keep trying to come up with a new saying. There is no new sayings, so we're just going to go to another level, okay? That's just the way it is. Anyway, some of you are lost. Let's go to the Bible, get some clarity here this morning, and uh, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for church. We thank you that it's imperfect because we're in it and we need you. And you're at the source and the center, God, of this thing, this community, this place, Lord, this this body of Jesus Christ representing, God, you on planet Earth. We thank you that we don't have to do life alone. God, we thank you that you plant us and you bring us and you're in charge and you're sovereign. Lord, we love you this morning. Open our eyes that we might see Jesus more as we leave this place. God, less of us, more of you. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I, uh, I was thinking about um, um, me and Carrie's first fight. I was trying to think about the first fight that we had, not like verbally, but the first time she actually punched me. I was thinking about that, and I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyways, got that joke out of the way. So our first fight, I was thinking about our first fight, and, and, and I don't know if it really is. It might be, but where my memory went is we had just started dating, and we had fallen in love. Like We were just like gone. Um, I was absolutely smitten and um, in love. And Carrie was about to go on a 10-day trip to the Ukraine. And uh, any Ukrainians? thought I saw Alex. Alex, you, you're not Ukrainian, you're Russian. You're Ukrainian? He's Ukrainian. No, he's Russian. This is really awkward. Alex, help! Save me! You are Russian. Okay, there's a Ukrainian-Russian divide in our church. Any other Ukrainian? Is there any Ukrainians? Oh, we had some okay. Uh, re- let's just rewind and pretend that never happened. <laughs> Carrie's about to go to Ukraine for 10 days. There's my Russian friend, Alex. Thanks for coming, buddy. Love you. Okay. So anyway, sorry, I was distracted. Um, Carrie's about to go to, to Ukraine, to the Ukraine. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore, but to Ukraine. And, and I'm feeling it, right? She's going to be there for 10 days doing fun stuff, God's work. I'm going to be at home, you know, alone but not lonely because of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm going to be at home and I'm going to be missing her. So we're having like this moment outside of her parents' house and I'm saying goodbye. And, and I'm kind of a moments guy. Got it from my mom. We talked about that. But like I love moments. Like if I'm in a moment and I'm at the ocean and the waves and the birds and the seagulls and just things are happening, I kind of try to pause and just, boys, come here. This is, this is a moment. And they're just like, what? This is a moment. Take it in. Soak it in. We don't know how to, Dad. It's okay. Just try. You know, there's a lot of pressure here. But I feel moments. I'm in a moment. So I I was feeling like a moment with Carrie. 
because she's about to be gone for 10 days. And so I, I, I just like was just wanting to tell her of my love. Now, I'm very verbal, um, and, but, but, but Carrie, um, even though we have talked about love and we discussed a lot, she just wants to go home and pack. Right. That's kind of what her mindset was. And we can we can talk later on the phone. But I'm sitting there having a moment. And if I'm having a moment, we're going to have a moment, I guess, because that's what love would do. And um, so I'm sitting in that moment and I'm thinking about a couple of things that I want to express to her and tell her. And so I'm going to express my love. And I started getting going. And, and, you know, if you're a talker like myself, I mean, I got I got really going. I started to get anointed a little bit and that inner poet in me. And so honestly, by like point 15, I thought, I got 15 more. I'm going to keep going. And so I rattled up like 30 incredible things to say about Carrie. And even though this was all about Carrie, I got to be honest, I was like a little bit in awe of how awesome I sounded, to be honest. And I was kind of like, even though this was about Carrie, I was like in a little bit on my back of, head, my, back of my head, I was a little bit like, like, you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't say it because I'm not an idiot, but I was thinking, like, like, there's a lot of girls that would kill to have a guy that could express themselves like this. Kind of like, you're welcome. You know what I mean? I mean, I didn't say any of this. But I was a little bit in awe of the love that was pouring out of me as a gift to her. It was not about me. It was about her. And so I, I was done... I was done giving my incredible speech, one for the ages. And I remember just like, whew, took a deep breath. Like, you know, if I had some teammates, I'd towel off and throw some high fives. Like, I know, that was good. I know, thank you, call me. I know, thank you. It was amazing. And so I'm kind of in my mind telling Carrie, like, you just welcome, you know, just you're, you're welcome. Like, no worries. Now, then there was this pause between uh, me giving the speech now, sometimes if you're a talker and the other person doesn't say anything, I'll double back, right? Because we want to avoid this awkward silence, you know what I mean? And so, now to be honest with you, I wasn't even playing games or manipulating the situation. I would learn that later in marriage. I hadn't learned any of those things yet. I wasn't here to, I wasn't trying to play a game. You know, we, we, we get pretty good at some of these games. And I, but I was not playing a game at that moment. I was literally being innocent in that moment, expressing my love, going with the flow, going with the moment. And there's n- nothing coming back. And so I'm just like, you know, I'm just having a real moment, organic moment. Just like, you know, whew. so I'm just kind of dealing with the pause, that, that pause. Now the pause became five seconds and 10 seconds gave birth to 10 seconds, and 10 seconds gave way to 15 and 20. And, and about the 30th second, like, I'm just, like, kind of hurting a little bit, to be honest with you. And the funny thing is, I didn't even mean to get hurt. I'm expressing love. So how could we be having a love moment, and somehow we just flip this thing upside down, and I'm doing my best, but what am I going to do? Talk about the weather? I'm not going to double back because I left it all on the floor. I mean, I just went, you got it all, sweetie, you know? Now, Carrie's just thinking packing. So she goes, thank you. And I remember thinking, like, I am not a rude person. I'm a man of God. I preach the gospel. I've been to like 30 countries. I hold orphans. But I'm sitting there in this moment 
Like, thank you? Like, we're about to shake hands? Like, you're welcome, Carrie. You're welcome. Take it easy, kiddo. You know, like, what? Thank you? Like, thank you when you tell someone, you know, you love them and you give an incredible speech that all women would die for and you're telling me, thank you? I didn't know what to do. And so without knowing it, without knowing it, without playing games, without being evil, without manipulating, I am hurt. I'm hurt. I'm just like, you know, got nothing to say. There's just nothing to say back. And so I go from a love moment to a hurt moment. And I was thinking that that is the theme of almost every fight. Now, I'm not talking about just, you know, you're in a bad mood and you're just angry. And, but I mean the theme of when you're trying to express love and all of a sudden the whole thing just shifts, just turns on a dime. I think, as much as I can ascertain in my own life, that I am sitting there in a moment going, um, how could you? And I didn't mean to. There is a constant, I wouldn't. I didn't mean to. My heart's as pure as the driven snow. And let me try to show you how pure my heart is and how much love I was trying to give you. But you, I don't know. Why would you do that? Why would you say that? I wouldn't, and how could you? I think that's actually the theme of most arguments because we are trying to love someone in our own dysfunctional way, but still we're trying. We are actually making an effort. I don't know if you are. I'm trying to say things and love you and do what I do and get my love on. And, 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 but if, if you were doing the same thing, you wouldn't say it that way. You wouldn't, you wouldn't put it that way. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. You would do that. How could you? How could you? How could you? How could you? I would never. I wouldn't. And we spent time defending our behavior and trying to understand why someone would do something. I wouldn't. How could you? And here's Jesus saying, when you fight, when you fight and argue and have discussions and disagreements, that your fighting is because you don't feel forgiven. It's an incredibly abstract concept that Jesus is teaching us. What does my forgiveness or my status my ability, my dependence upon forgiveness have anything to do with my fighting with you or my inability to, to love you right now. Jesus is actually connecting, not me, Jesus is connecting my ability to love you little or a lot with where I am in my personal forgiveness. Where I am at when it comes to the concept and the reality of me being forgiven. Jesus isn't just saying, hey, you don't love people because you haven't forgiven them. You, you, you're going to have a difficult time loving people you haven't forgiven them. So when you forgive them, you'll start to love. Jesus is actually taking it further saying, when you receive forgiveness and the fullness of forgiveness, it's going to affect your love life. It's going to affect the potency and the effectiveness and the amount of how much you give away love. You said the level of love you give has everything to do with how much you feel forgiven. Jesus says much forgiveness. If you're walking in a state of mind of being forgiven, you're going to love a lot. If you are not, you're going to love little. 
See, it's, 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 it makes sense if it's somebody else. See, it makes sense in the story. And to the Pharisee looking at it as if it was someone else. See, because we understand it. Like, oh, that guy got forgiven a lot of debt. Of course he's going to feel that weight lifted off. And he's going to feel free. And he's going to love. But the view changes when you take it on yourself. And you say, that's me. Because let's just be honest. I don't have a forgiven issue is what I would tell Jesus. I feel, I feel forgiven. I feel forgiven. We're New Testament believers. We're Jesus people. We go to Activate Church. We preach the gospel. We preach the cross. I feel forgiven. I feel forgiven. I feel like I have received the forgiveness that Jesus offers. I feel like I'm not perfect, but I have received. So when I see that story, I go, <clears throat> that's not me. That's for somebody else. That's for the, that's for the axe murderer who's just gone to prison, and he needs to receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, right? It's ABC. It's Sunday school. But when I look at myself and Jesus starts to say, "Um, no, Isaac, that is you. I want to fight it and go, no, 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 Jesus, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm forgiven. I'm good. Thank you. I got it. I got it. I got it. I have a love issue. And Jesus is saying, you don't have a love issue. You have a forgiven issue. You don't have a love issue. You have a forgiven issue issue. Trust me, the correlation will change your life. None of us, when we take on that perspective, actually want to believe that it's not a love issue because we feel like it is. Jesus, it is difficult to love some people. It is difficult to love that person in that situation. It is very difficult to love. And so when Jesus says it's actually not difficult to love, love isn't the problem. Love is potent. Love is powerful. Love is incredible. Love's not the issue. The issue is your personal forgiveness. You're forgiven. Not when it comes to that person, but when it comes to you. You receiving forgiveness for you. Independent from the person. Independent from the situation. See, Jesus is saying, this not, it's, loving that person's not the issue. And we're like, yes, it is. Have you seen them? Have you seen what they do? Have you seen what they say? Are you kidding me? Yes. Love is the issue. And Jesus is saying, no, it's a forgiven much issue. Trust me, it's a forgiven much issue. I want to talk to you. Jesus is saying, I want to talk and discuss you receiving forgiveness. Jesus, thank you, but I have. And Jesus is saying, if love is not flowing freely then you've got to look at your own soul. We've got to get beyond this forgiveness as a theology for people that are just coming to Christ, one and done, pray the prayer, and you've received the forgiveness. The cross, Jesus said, is something that you pick up daily. It's where we go to at the origin and the source of our Christianity and everything we have. And Jesus is saying, we need to go back to the cross for a moment because I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that all of the love that you supposedly have is coming out of your heart. It's coming out of a soul that has not received the fullness of my forgiveness that I have for you. And there might be, here's Dr. Jesus, a chip on your shoulder. 
Now, I studied, I was going to read it, but we don't have time, the origin of a chip on your shoulder. There seems to be different origins. Um, but, but it was like a piece of wood, and I guess these loggers, and, 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 and they'd be carrying wood, all that. And you'd put a, you'd put some, put a big chip on your shoulder if, if you were telling someone and challenging someone to knock it off, and we're going to fight. And I, there's a couple other origins, but there's all these little origins in the 1800s about chips on your shoulder. But the, 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 the point, people, is it's not the chip. The point is that there's something in my heart where I've been wronged. I've been gypped. I've, been, I've not been given something that I should have been given. I'm a little bit damaged or I've done some damage. Some wrongs have been done to me or I've done some wrongs. And Jesus is saying, trust me, love is not the issue. We need to talk about forgiveness when it comes between you and me. Forgiveness. Forgiven is the issue. And so we go to this story. It's an awkward evening, to say the least, because this Pharisee, this man of God, has invited Jesus into his home. What is wrong with that? Nothing. It's actually quite like, good job, bro. Inviting Jesus into your home? I mean, we would usually give a hand clap for that. That would be amazing. This guy invites Jesus into his home to eat, to talk, to discuss. We would recommend that to everybody. Invite Jesus into your life. This is what he does. And we shame and guilt him because he's a Pharisee. This is a man of God seeking Jesus. Invites him into his home. And there they are. And out of nowhere, out of nowhere, some woman, uninvited, rude, disrespectful, shows up to the dinner party and breaks up their moment with Jesus. This Pharisee is trying to connect to Jesus. This woman, uninvited, comes into this home and, and starts to weep at the feet of Jesus. Now, again, we spiritualize this, but just imagine how long it would take to make Jesus' feet wet. We're talking about tears, I don't know if you've ever, you know, put tears in a bottle or you've weeped for a long time. A um, few times in my life I have, your eyeballs start to hurt. It takes, I'm sh- I've never weeped on someone's feet, but I'm assuming it would take more than a few minutes. But we read this verse as if it just happens. It just all happens in one moment and it's beautiful and spiritual. They're probably sitting there reclining and eating and she's just like, <laughs> weeping. And it's just awkward because Jesus is like reclining kicking back, you know, you know, European Jesus with his Fabio hair. And this woman is losing it at his feet. And the Pharisee is trying to like seek Jesus. No one's saying anything. And she's just weeping tears. Five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, maybe 20 minutes of awkward weeping. Nothing. And this Pharisee doesn't say anything. What a man of God. I probably would have been like, guards, servants, thank you for the tears. That was wonderful and beautiful, but, you know, run along. It's like, you're not invited. This is rude and disrespectful. Like, there's a time and a place for this. Not right now. My gosh. You know, hug her and send her on away. This guy doesn't say anything. He bites his tongue at this woman weeping where Jesus' feet now are drenched. I don't know. I'm thinking that had to have taken 15, 20 minutes. And instead of like finding a towel, this woman made a scene. She could have been like, hey, can I get a towel? Can I? She starts to use her hair 
to dry Jesus' feet. Jesus allows it to happen. And this Pharisee, again, doesn't say anything. What a man of God. He bites his tongue. And all he does is think a thought. Isn't that what Christians are supposed to do? Like, this guy gets a bad rap. I'm thinking, man, this guy is is an awesome man of God. Doesn't say anything. He just thinks a thought. And it wasn't even like a bad thought. He wasn't even thinking, die, woman, die. You know, he wasn't lusting. He wasn't like thinking weird thoughts. He was just thinking like, if Jesus knew, this guy is awesome. Who would do that if someone broke into your house if you had Jesus over? I guess the metaphor breaks down right there. But still, back in the day, if you had Jesus over and you were seeking truth, and someone barges in, it's the craziest sinner in the city, starts to weep on Jesus' feet, starts to dry his hair with her, her feet with her hair. And then if it, didn't, if it wasn't any worse, she breaks out the perfume and starts to pour it on his feet. And then continue to dry his feet? This is as awkward as you can get. And there's this Pharisee, maybe 30 minutes in. And he doesn't say a thing. Bravo. Bravo. What? A stud. But he thinks one thought. If Jesus knew. Simon, can I tell you a story? Yes, please. Tell me a story. Jesus finally broke the silence. Simon, let me tell you a story. And he tells this story. Signifying that, Simon, the issue is not the issue. The issue is not the issue. You are so consumed and so inundated and so worried about someone else's sin. You need to understand that that's what I worry about. And that's my job description. The issue is not the issue. And see, we hear that and we think, oh God, if, if Jesus, if you only knew, if you only knew what happened to me, if you only knew what I went through, Jesus, you, you, you um, trust me, if you only knew the sin If you only knew the things that were done to me, if you only knew what was said to me, if you only knew my upbringing, if you if if you only knew how much I tried to love that person and they did not love me back, how much I have forgiven and sacrificed and tried to restore that relationship, tried to call my dad, tried to do if you only knew, Jesus, how right I actually am and how wrong they actually are, you wouldn't be saying that to me. And there's Jesus saying, I do. I know. I know. But the issue is not the issue. Do you trust me? You're going to open your heart? You're going to listen to this word that I want to bring to you through this story, through this parable, through this truth? The issue is not the issue. What you think is the issue, is not the actual issue. The justice you seek is not the justice that is what you really want, need, or will bring you the fulfillment you think it will. 
The issue is not the issue. You need to take yourself off of the judgment seat and realize that justice is in my hands and you are being eaten up by something that happened to you that is not the actual issue and you are focused on something and somebody and their sin and and you're giving your effort to that. I need to switch and redirect that all that energy and all that that, that, that desire and all that prayer, I need, to, I need to focus it on nothing to do with the issue that you think is the issue. The issue is you. I want to talk about forgiveness with you. I want to talk about forgiveness with you. And here's Jesus saying, it's not a love issue, Simon. It's not a love issue. But Jesus, if you only knew how much I try to love that person, hey, trust me, it is a love issue. Jesus is saying, it's not a love issue. It's not a love issue. It's a a forgiven issue. Jesus, what does me loving that person have to do with me walking in forgiveness or being forgiven? And Jesus said, if you've forgiven much, I love the way Jesus teaches because he, he teaches it if there was there's one person that had a big debt and there's one person that had a small debt why would he teach it that way why wouldn't he just say you all have a large debt and if you all understood that you'd get with the program it's because you have to receive it you have to believe that you are someone that i am someone with the large debt no one is someone no one is the person with the small debt we are all in the same boat we are all the person who has the large debt but you have to you have to believe that and you have to receive that because you can't receive the grace unless you need the grace. Unless you come to a place where you're like, God, I'm lost without you. I need you. I can do nothing. I need your power. I need your love. I need your salvation to come in the inside of me and rescue me from who I am and where I am. You are my only hope. And Jesus said, if you receive much forgiveness, you will love much If you're that person that comes to a place, not just once, but continually being dependent and receiving the cross, then you'll be someone that receives what I have to give you. And trust me, you will love much. But somewhere along the way, you thought that you needed little forgiveness. Somewhere along the way, you became better than other people. And so here's the connection between your love that you give and you choose to give or you choose to let flowing through your life has to do with you. Because if I feel like I'm better than you, I will not let love flow through my life. If I somehow, somewhere in my journey, started to take credit for my Christianity or my life, if I started to feel like I've earned this, I've done pretty good, Look where I've gone. Look what I've stopped doing. Look what I've started doing. Look at my life. Wow. Yes, Jesus, of course. Come on. But wow, look at me and look what I've done. Somewhere along the way, I have become better than you. And when I'm better than you and I need less forgiveness than you, 
then I will allow a little bit of love to flow out of my life. But when I come to a place continually where I am in need of what only he can give, I can't get anything. I can't earn anything. I can't work for anything. All I can ever do is come to a place to say, God, I need you. I want to receive what you want to give me. I open up my heart and he gives what cannot be earned. The unmerited favor, the gift of salvation, the gift of grace, the gift of love, his gift of peace, his gift of forgiveness of sins, the gift of a future, my hope, my peace is in him. And Jesus says, if you receive that much and you realize it comes from me much, love is not the problem. Love flows out of a heart and a soul easily. But when somewhere along the way you became a little better and you earned it, and you got it, and you bettered yourself, and you became holy, and you went to church, and you figured out how to pray, and you figured out how to go on a missions trip. Somewhere along the way, you became better than other people, and so now you're judging people, and you don't know if you want love to just simply go that freely and go that easy. And somewhere along the way, we started judging and manipulating, and we stopped, and we pulled back love, and we started having conversations like, well, I don't know how to love that person. Well, should we do tough love? As if there's different kinds of love and so there's all these different categories of love there's you know this side of love and that intervention love and surrounding love and tough love and good love and free love and unconditional love and love and Jesus says are you kidding me if you come back to a place of where everything you have and everything you are was given to you you would view love a little different you've been forgiven much have you forgotten yeah I guess I have I guess I have kind of got on my high horse a little bit, I guess. And Jesus isn't here to knock you off your high horse. He's here to give you a bigger horse, a better horse. He's just here to remind you he gave it to you. Don't think you, you earned it. See, somewhere along the way, we forgot that God gave it to us. Somewhere along the way, this freedom that we feel, we thought that we got it and we forgot the origin was in Jesus. He's the one that put that prayer in my heart to start with. He's the one that put that hope in my heart to start with. Some of us even think we got to church to, you know, on our own this morning. And it's kind of like, sure, you set your alarm and you got the car. But you have to know before you were formed, before, before you were even in your mother's womb, he went before you and start to put things in place. And he started to count your days and he started to do stuff in your life and it all comes back to the cross why? this word forgiveness this word forgiveness it means to forgive to forgive it means to before give it means to before give see it's even as we forgive each other that I'm going to forgive you before you ask for it before you earn it and, and some of us need to understand this because there's people that we have to forgive that are dead. And they're not coming back from the dead to say they're sorry. So Jesus is wanting to teach us forgiveness now to say it's about you. You've got to let something go. And before they could ever say it, earn it, do it, you've got to let it go in your heart. This is about you and me. Jesus did the same thing. It says in Romans, while we were yet sinners, he went to the cross. Why? He forgave before we could or wanted to even receive it, he decided to give it. 
Why would he do that? To prove to us what is the source of everything. It was him. He decided. He decided this plan of redemption. He decided to send his son Jesus to the cross. All of it, all of it is sourced and finds its origin in God. I forgave it. What's the cross? The cross is the place that Jesus says, I forgive you. The reason you can receive forgiveness is because it's already done. It's already given. I want to wash away all the wrongs done to you. I want to wash away every word, every issue, every lack, everything you didn't get, every dysfunction, everything done to you that damaged, everything that hurt, everything that has to do with with, with wrongs being done to you, I want to wash it away. And every bit of wrong you could have ever done, said, or accord in your life, I want to wash it away. That's that's forgiveness. That's, That's the washing away of the debt that was nailed to the cross. And Jesus says, not only that, Do I want to take away what was wronged or or the wrongs you did, but I want to give you life? Not only do I want to take away the shame and the guilt and the memory and the past, but I want to give you a new memory and a new hope and a new future and a new grace and a new power and a new life that is in Christ. That's the cross. Two things happening at the same time. And so Jesus wants to take us back to the cross and say, this is what you need to pick up every day. You need to put down the shame and put down the guilt and put down the condemnation and put down even the self awareness put down all of that and pick up the cross pick up your cross daily pick up your cross daily pick up your cross daily it's in the cross it's in the cross that you've received forgiveness for everything done to you and everything you've done it's the cross it's the cross everything you've done and everything done to you There might be a chip on your shoulder. There might be a dent. There might be something in your soul. And it is affecting the way you love. But I'm telling you right now, if you want to love a lot. See, it's not a love issue. Love is potent. Love is powerful. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love is kind. Love is not rude. Love does not seek its own. Love never fails. Love doesn't run out. Love is powerful. And trust me, love is not the issue. Love would love to run into your dysfunctional marriage. Love would love to run into your family. Love loves chaos and and hard situations and complicated. Love loves sinners. Love's not the issue. The issue is we've become better than them. We've earned it. The people we have a hard time loving... It is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a red flag to say I've entered into a place in my Christianity where I'm starting to take credit and I'm starting to earn things and I'm starting to get things. And Jesus has to bring us back to the cross and say, son, everything you have, I gave it to you. I gave it to you. And I want to continue to give you more. But if you lose sight of the source, you'll go from receiving what I give to trying to get something you'll never get because it cannot be gotten, boughten, earned or worked for. It can only be received in faith. And trust me, what I give you is just the beginning. There's so much more I want to give to you. 
You need to encounter forgiveness like you never have. The gift that was the cross. The mystery that is grace. Open up your heart and let forgiveness, let the blood of Jesus, let grace begin to wash and let me heal and let me take off of you what you're trying to deal with on your own. Trust me, it's not a love issue. It is a forgiveness issue. I need and want to have a fresh baptism of forgiveness when it comes to me and you. I want to take that off you. You have to understand 2,000 years ago, that thing you did last summer was nailed to the cross. You have to understand that thing that happened to you when you were little was nailed to the cross. It's not an issue of does the forgiveness exist. You have to receive it and become dependent upon it. I need to take you back to the cross and let me heal and let me touch and let me transform. I want to show you my forgiveness and trust me, when you start to become forgiven, love will start to flow out of your heart. You start to receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. The things he gave you before you could ever earn them. I gave them to you. I gave you breath. I gave you life. Even that faith that you're starting to take credit for. I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. I gave it to you. You want some more? Come and get it. But you can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't become it. You can receive it by faith. Come and get it. Come and get it. Somewhere along the way, your faith got put in yourself to become an awesome Christian. And now you need forgiveness a little less than other people. And that is causing you to love little. But when you come to that place and you pick up your cross daily and you say, like Paul. See, I'm starting to understand Paul now like never before. Paul declared he was the chief of sinners. Paul, why would you say that? That's so bad. Sin's so bad. Why would you say that? Because he identified with Jesus and the cross and his need for grace and his need for Jesus, his need for everything that only Christ can give. I gave it to you. I gave it to you. I forgave you. I gave you before. Before. It's all, it's all set up. I, I already figured it out. I already knew you were going to sin that way. I already knew that was going to happen. You want to receive what you need or you don't need it? If you don't need it, you can't receive it. And you'll have a love issue your whole life. There will be a little bit of love that will flow out of your heart. And it will be difficult. And you'll have a warped view of love, as many people do. They're saying, I can't love that person. Love doesn't work. I don't understand love. If everyone would just love each other and get along. (laughs) Without the cross, we can't. Because it's only at the cross that we can receive the forgiveness that only Jesus offers. And Jesus says, if you get forgiveness into your life, let me forgive you afresh. Let me take that off you afresh. Let me heal that afresh. There's something in your soul that I need to touch. There's some wrongs that were done to you that I need to take away. I need to heal. 
I need to heal. It's affecting the love that you give. I'm telling you right now, just close your eyes. Even in this moment, I just want to pray and just sort of have this moment just from the front to the back that there's some, there's some wrongs that were done to you. And Jesus is saying it's not just one prayer. It's not just one, one thought. There is a, there is a baptism. There is a, there is a moment of our entire lives starting to become aligned with the cross. It's at the cross. It's at the cross that I receive what Jesus forgave before give me anything at time I ever prayed or wanted it. He already gave it to me. And Jesus is saying, let forgiveness start to come into your heart. I'm going to show you things, things that you didn't even know were there. I'm going to start to unlock some mysteries of what makes you, you. I'm telling you, there's a few things that I need to heal, that I need to wash, that I need to take away. There's some wrongs that were done and there's some wrongs that you've done. And I'm telling you, I've already dealt with it. I've already healed. I've already forgiven. But now it needs to be released afresh in your life. Get a hold of forgiveness this morning. Jesus says, get forgiveness into your life and love will start to flow. Get forgiveness into your marriage and love will start to flow. Get forgiveness into your family and love will start to go. Get forgiveness into the church and love will start to get forgiveness into the city and love will start to flow. Jesus, get wrapped up in my forgiveness and watch love start to flow. Because when the church gets a hold of the cross and gets a hold of how much they were given from Jesus, how much they were forgiven before all of my issues ever happened, God already gave me the answer to everything. He forgave me. He forgave me. He forgave me. Jesus. Let's stand this morning. We're going to sing this song as we close. Jesus, I want to walk in your forgiveness like never before. I want to receive grace like never before. I want to receive mercy like never before. I want to receive the cross of Calvary. I want to receive the blood of Jesus. I I want to receive the things that you've let go and forgiven, Lord, the things that you've healed me of. I, I want to receive, Lord, all the things that are in my past. I want to receive your healing and your forgiveness and your peace. Lord, I want to receive all the things that you have for me this morning. God, that my heart can be a filter where love can